It's a brand new semester, as we all know, and so welcome to a brand new semester. January is always a time where we get fresh starts, and New Year's are... The New Year's is, a, is, a, is an opportunity to kind of have a fresh beginning, and that's where we're at. So welcome back, and a special welcome to students who maybe are here like you're brand, brand new, transferred in, just uh, this is your first semester, maybe you're a, a freshman starting your freshman year in the second semester here, and so we welcome all of you, glad to be black, glad to be back. It's going to be a fantastic semester, I'm believing that, and so I just say, let's go, let's do it, come on. How many of you are with me? We're going to do this. (laughs) This morning, I want to address a topic that is fundamentally important to all of you. And when I say all of you, I'm not just talking to you as students, but I'm also talking to those of you that are faculty, staff. I'm talking to the person who's standing behind this pulpit this morning, something that's fundamentally important to each and every one of us. When I came to North Central University, I came here because... The moment that I had received Jesus into my life personally, like specifically and purposefully said, Jesus, I now recognize that I need you to come into my heart. I know that I believed in you all of my life, but I've, I never knew that I could have a relationship with you and that by inviting you into my life and inviting you to own my life, that I, didn't never, I never knew that my life could be transformed. And so I heard that message as a 15-year-old kid and said that actual prayer and and my life, like, like something lit up inside of me that I know that I know that I know that I know that in June of 1979, my life was radically changed for the Lord. One of the things that confirmed to me that God had literally come into my life was that I had an incessant hunger for the Word of God. I started reading the Bible in the New Testament and I couldn't put it down. And I read through the whole New Testament that summer, and I just, from that day on and that year, I've been a a faithful Bible reader cover to cover every year, getting through the whole Bible every year, because I love God's Word, and I love what it does inside of me as I read it, as it encourages me, as it challenges me, as it shapes me, as as it's instrumental in pointing me to the direction that God has for my life. And so I knew that I had been transformed. But the other thing that really caused me to recognize, like, like something is new, is that I had this inner sense, like never before, that my life had purpose. Like up till that point, it was all about like, what do I want to do as an athlete? Because like sports was my thing all growing up, and I want to be a professional athlete in some area. I want to be a state champion in some sport in my high school. And so that was like my God, my idol. And I continued to pursue that even as a Christian, but I experienced that there was something deeper, something bigger, something more grand than just my aspirations in the direction of my life. I knew that I knew that I knew that God had a purpose for my life and that, that, and I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have to get all anxious about it. I had this calming sense that there was something that God had for me to do in this life and I didn't have to worry about trying to manufacture it or figure it out. All I had to do was just keep loving Him and keep worshiping Him and keep growing in my relationship with Him as a teenager, brand new to the Lord, and, 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 and finding this new church and getting involved in this youth group and, and becoming a little bit more acclimated to an environment of, of worship where you are like actively engaged by maybe clapping your hands or lifting your hands. I mean, I wasn't accustomed to any of that. It was very weird and, and different, and maybe it's similar to what maybe some of you have experienced, not being raised in a 
an Assemblies of God church, maybe some other church uh, uh, denomination, you come here and the worship is so different and it seems a little awkward at first. I know what that feeling is all about. But as I grew in my understanding and my love for Jesus, this, this began to sweep, I, be, I began to get swept up into this, com, this, this culture of reaching out to Jesus, worshiping Him, loving Him, beginning to have a prayer life uh, and Bible reading life. And, and as that happened, this sense of purpose in my life began to get a little bit more clear as the days and the weeks and the months went on. It was a year into my journey of faith that I, I began to experience this sense of calling. And for me, it, it was what we would all say in the past. I, I, what I was sensing is this call to full-time ministry, and that's how we used to say it, which was defined by, I think God's calling me to be a pastor or a missionary or an evangelist, and I started having that specific call on my life. We've come to understand that really that's a, 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 to say that a, a person is called to full-time ministry uh, as a pastor, youth pastor, missionary is really kind of a misnomer. It's like a misdefinition of really what it means to be a full-time called Christian. Well, we find in the Bible that actually the Bible tells us that every Christian has a calling on their life. Now, some are to be pastors and evangelists, prophets, evangelists, and teachers, five-fold ministry that serve local churches or the lo local church leadership structure, and their purpose is to help the saints of God, the, the, the Christians, to understand their calling in their world. And so we all have a calling, and in fact, all of you have a full-time call because your calling to be a kingdom person is not just on Sundays or Wednesday nights. Your calling, to be a, your calling is to be a full-time Christian in this vocation or this profession in which you feel God is calling you to do, whether it be building a business or being a coach or being an education, a teacher, whatever the marketplace major is that you're pursuing. There's a calling to that. Some of you are here at North Central because you have a sense of calling to be a pastor, youth pastor. Some of you are here because you know that God has called you to a, uh, to a particular vocational major that we provide here, and that's what you're pursuing, and you know God's given you that desire to do so. That's a calling. Some of you are here, and you don't know what your calling is. Some of you are here and you might not even have a declared major just yet as a freshman or even as a sophomore, and you're, you're trying and you want to do what God has called you to do, but you're not exactly sure what it is, and that's okay. You're in a good place. The point I want to make to you this morning in this brief little teaching is that you have a calling, and when you have that sense of calling, and you might not know what it is exactly, you can rest assured that God has it that God has it in mind, he's got the details, and he's unveiling it to you step by step. And you, it's like seeing through a glass darkly, as Paul talks about. We don't understand it all, but over time, God begins to peel back the layers. And that's why chapel is such an incredibly important value at North Central University, where we gather you five days a week, whether it be in the sanctuary here or in your residence hall chapel or your college chapels, every day is a dedicated time for you to say, Lord, I'm in this chapel experience and I'm here and I'm available and I'm ready. And I don't know what it is that you want me to do in this world, but I just, I know that you want me to do something and I'm ready. I'm available and I want you to take my life and use it to your glory. And so that's why I love North Central. 
I loved North Central as a student. I was only here as two years. I transferred in, having gone two years to a previous school. But two years was enough for me to get infected with this special touch, this special spirit, this special emphasis that is here alongside this academic high-class education. There is this incredibly passionate insistency of a spiritual depth that is going to carry you through the life that is ahead of you. It's here that God is shaping and molding and building and strengthening your sense of purpose in preparation for what God wants you to do in your life. And I'm telling you, there's nothing more exciting, there's nothing more fulfilling than knowing that what lies ahead for you is exactly what God has planned for your life. So with that being said, the title of this message is simply Joy in Calling. I've been working our, my way through, Joshua has preached a number of messages as well, working our way through this book of Philippians that Paul writes that is in our New Testament. The book of Philippians was a letter to a church in the ancient city of Philippi, a city in which Paul, in years earlier, had planted a church. And then he travels on and he plants other churches, and in the meantime, he's going to write a letter to this church. And he's going to encourage them. And as I mentioned before, this letter in Philippians, if, like, if you've never read much in the Bible and you would like to read something that isn't too long but is really, like, I could understand that, the book of Philippians is a great little letter to read because it is the most positive, optimistic, joyful letter of all of Paul's writings. And many of you know that he's the most prolific writer in our New Testament, writing so many of the New Testament epistles. But the most joyful, optimistic, like put a smile on your face as you read it is this letter to the church at Philippi because he wrote it from the beaches of Maui. (laughs) No, he didn't write it from any comfort at all. He wrote it from a Roman prison. He was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. So his circumstances were terrible. But he didn't let his circumstances define his attitude. And he writes this incredibly positive letter to this church. And we're just kind of working our way through it. And and I, 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 I bring our attention to this because this letter is so incredibly powerful. How do we keep a positive attitude when things around us are yelling and screaming at us to be negative and to be sarcastic and to get back at people? How do we do that? Well, we look at Paul. He kept his attitude sweet. He maintained his true sense of identity strong. He never lost his joy regardless of the circumstances. In other words, he never lost his sense of calling. I mean, this guy was radically saved, Acts chapter 9, and you can go back and read it. I mean, he was going the exact opposite. He was a a spiritual terrorist looking to kill Christians. And Jesus confronts him and saves him. And as much as he hated Christians, God flips the script on him and he becomes passionately in love with Jesus because he understands how much Christ had forgiven him and he understood this incredible calling that God had given to him. Now let's look at Philippians 3, 7 through 14. He says this in verse 7, but whatever were gains to me, and I just got to pause real quickly. Whatever was a gain to me, and you wonder, like, what was gain to him? In verse 4, he talks about his, his resume as a Jewish, as an Israelite. And he's, 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 he, he gives a little bit of, a, like, highlights of his pedigree as an Israelite leader. He's, 
He's circumcised on the eighth day. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, he, he, he was like this. He said that if there's ever a list of the Hebrew of Hebrews, I'm on that list. In other words, he checked all the boxes of what it meant to be preeminent and esteemed as an Israelite religious leader. He was like a top dog. And he says about all of that esteem, all of that acclaim, all of the things that we would say, look how many followers I have, look what I've accomplished in life, look how much money I'm making, all the things that, that make us feel worldly important, Paul had that in spades. And he says all of that stuff, I consider it loss for Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake... I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Like, listen, he's saying of all his world, worldly esteem, and he had a lot of it, he said, it's garbage. That I consider garbage that I may gain Christ, be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Now, here's what I want you to get. There's three things. He says, verse 10, I want to know Christ... Yes, the power of his resurrection and participation with his sufferings. And if you've got a Bible or taking notes, I want you to write this phrase down. Becoming like him in his death. We're talking about calling. What are you called to? Point number one is this concept of becoming like him in his death. Verse 11, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained all of this or I've already arrived, but I, number two, I press on. I keep moving forward. I haven't arrived yet to take hold of, there's it is, that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, straining toward what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, your calling as a Christ follower is what brought you to North Central University. Many of you have understood your calling, and that's why you came to North Central, because you know what God's called you to do. North Central provides the academic education, the spiritual environment to prepare you to do what you know God has called you to do. Others of you might not have such a solid grasp on your calling. North Central was not on your radar. In fact, some of you might wonder, I don't even know how I got here. In other words, God orchestrated it unbeknownst to you, and nonetheless, you find yourself here at North Central, and I'm here to tell you, those of you that know you're called and what you're called to, and also to those of you who don't know what you're called to, I'm here to tell you, God has put you here because you are called for something that God has ordained you for. How do I know that? Jeremiah 1.5, God says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Now, he's speaking to Jeremiah, but, but, but God, if he knows Jeremiah before he's born and before he's in the womb, it's the same for all of us. He knows us before we even existed. And by, by forming us, he knows us and he calls us. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. God's appointed you to something. And I know that some of you know what it is. Some of you are not sure what it is, but you're appointed. But this is why you're here. And this is why we're here as administrators, as faculty, to prepare you 
for your calling, to prepare you. Now, you'll notice that today we sang one song and we worshiped with musical worship for 10 minutes. On a number of Fridays this semester, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do what we're going to do today for the very first time. We're going to do something different, not on every Friday, but on the Fridays when Pastor Josh and when I preach, this will be the format. We're going to sing for about 10 minutes to engage our heart and our spirit, our love for God, and we're going to get right into about a 20-minute talk, and we're going to try to focus in on more of like God's call on your lives. And for the next 20 minutes, the remainder of the 20 minutes, because I'm about done here, for the next 20 minutes, and the band, if you guys come back to the stage, I'd appreciate it. For the remaining 20 minutes until 1140, what we're going to do is is we are going to do a, a similar version of what we've done for years and years and years and years on Fridays, and that is following the chapel 50-minute experience, we've had prayer and fasting. And uh, with the advent of noon classes, it makes it difficult for those of you that have class at noon to be able to stay to do fasting and prayer. And so what we're going to do is we're going to bring that portion into the chapel 50-minute experience. And so for the next 20 minutes or so, as as we get to there, we're going to provide three opportunities for you to take this sense of God's call on your life. You're excited about it. You're scared of it. Or you don't know what it is, but you want to know what it is, and you want to say, God, I want to do what you've called me to do. We're going to give you three opportunities to respond over the course of 20 minutes until we get to 1140. So over here, over here, and I'm going to do it today, I'm going to serve communion. I'm going to serve communion to groups of students like, like up to 12 in a group, and I'm going to serve you as a group, and I'm going to read the Scripture, and I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to receive the bread and the juice, and we're going to pray the prayer, and you're going to receive communion as a dedication of the Lord. So I'd encourage uh, residence halls, do it together. Athletic, basketball, uh, soccer teams, you do it together as a team uh, of groups of people. And if you come down to receive communion and, and there's a group already being served, just kind of hang tight because it'll take about three minutes And then they'll cycle out and I'll do another group. So we'll do this over here. Over here, we're going to have people with anointing oil who are ready to pray for you if you're sick. See, we believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's been a healing God in the Bible and he's a healing God in the 21st century. And James tells us that if there are any sick among you, to call the elders together, anoint with oil, and the prayer of a righteous elder will avail much. It'll have an effect on your life. So if you have a, a sickness, you're, you're not feeling well, there's an emotional issue, I want you to come and you're going to be prayed for. You're gonna have, they're going to put a little oil on their finger and just put it on your forehead and they're going to lay hands on you and, and an individual staff or faculty is going to pray for the healing of your life. We're going to believe for miracles this semester as we believe God at his word. And then thirdly, we're going to have a number of staff and faculty just kind of spread out up here to do prayer counseling if any of you would just like to have someone pray for you over an issue that you're dealing with and they will pray for you and encourage you in the Lord and that's what we're going to do for the next 20 minutes chapel will go until 11:40, so it's there's no dismissal once we start this you got to stay and if you want to stay in your seat that's fine too the worship team is just going to lay uh, a bed of music and if you just want to stay in your pew and just reflect on the message as it's been given no problem at all Let me say three things real quickly about your call as it comes from the text. Your calling is going to shape you because Paul says, I want to become like him in his death. And I'm telling you that your calling is not about you dying a crucified death like Jesus. To become like him in his death is not like actually dying on a cross. No, here's what it is. 
It's what Jesus experienced in the Garden of Gethsemane when he realized that the time is coming and I'm going to be crucified. And he says to the Father, Father, if there's any other way to provide salvation to humanity, please let this cup pass from me. But not my will, your will be done. See, that's what we do in our calling. We say, God, I'm called to something. Or maybe I don't know what it is, but I'm, here's the key word, I'm yielding to your calling on my life. For the next 20 minutes, I want you to just, in whatever form, you just yield to the Spirit's calling upon your life. Number two, your calling is going to push you. It's going to push you. Paul says, I press on. You have not yet arrived. That means keep studying hard. Keep doing the academic work. But also keep doing the work of the Spirit. Keep pursuing God in prayer. Keep pursuing God in your Bible reading. Keep pursuing God in the ways that we'll do on many of our Fridays and say, Lord, I haven't arrived yet. I need another touch of your spirit upon my life. And then thirdly and lastly, your calling grabs you. Your calling grabs you. Paul writes, I press on to take hold of that. Well, what, what, what that? That for which Christ took hold of me. You see, God saved you to call you. God saved you to call you. In other words, Christ came into your life because there's an assignment for you on this planet. It's called your calling. And again, if you know what it is, you know that you need the help of God. And if you don't know what it is, you need the Spirit of God to reveal it to you. So for the next 20 minutes, we're going to respond. I want you all to stand. And we're going to serve communion over here. And we're going to have some folks over here anointing with oil for healing. And we've got faculty and staff that are going to spread out across the front. In fact, I'd like all of you as faculty and staff that are ready to pray for students and anyone else that are here. We've got some visiting pastors. You want to help us join us, pray for students. I want us to take the next, it's 1124, so we've got 16 minutes before we actually close. Let's engage with God's Spirit in these three different ways in which you can respond. Father, I pray as we say, God, I'm yielding. My calling is shaping me. My calling is pushing me. My calling has grabbed a hold of me. It's like, God, you apprehended me. I was moving a certain direction, and you grabbed me by the collar, and you revealed yourself to me, and I got saved. And then you whispered into my ear, you're not only saved, but you're called. I've got something for you to do in this world. And so, Lord, we yield to that today. Bless us in these next few minutes in this form of fasting and prayer. We do so because we need you desperately as we move into our calling. In your name we pray, amen. So let's respond. Let's get someone to pray for us. Let's get someone to pray with us. If you want to have communion, I'll be over here. If you need healing, Pastor Joshua's over there.